Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter. And we are a little show called Solid Steps Radio. If you're finding us for the very first time, we appreciate you listening. Hopefully you're doing it on purpose. If you're doing it on accident, uh, we are doing a show that is for men by men talking about stuff from a man's perspective. We talk about all kinds of different topics in life and uh, whether it's being a husband, being a father, being in the marketplace, uh, whatever it is, we want to talk about it from a guy's perspective. And we have a lot of lady listeners, and we love that, but uh, our primary audience, audience is the guys. So uh, we appreciate you listening, and hopefully this will be not your last time, and you'll pass us along to someone else and and, uh, and hear about what we have to say. And so today's topic is a really a hot topic in regards to in parenting world. Uh, you want to start getting people wound up about parenting philosophies and what is acceptable and not. This is one of those topics that can be a, a hot button in some capacity. And actually, I was affected by this in some way this week because uh, the other night I was I had this routine I try to do before I go to bed. And, and one of the routines is getting away from a screen. Phones, computers, iPads, TV, try to get away from screens about 30 minutes to an hour before I go to sleep. Preferably but, an hour. Yes. But the other <laughs> night, I, you know, kids are in bed and, and I decided I wanted to go on and look at a couple of dumb videos on YouTube. Innocent videos, nothing wrong with them, just kind of looking at a couple of different things I was curious about. Um, and I did that right up to the time I went to bed. And then when I, it, it almost never fails. When I watch some TV or anything right before I go to bed, four or five hours later, about three in the morning, I just wake right up and I'm like, what a bonehead. I should have not been looking at that screen because it made my mind, my brain tell me, hey, you're not done. We, we are still working and still moving. So today we're talking about not just screen use for adults, but really screen use, whether it's phones, TVs, computers for children whether it's innocent things that are good, but also things that are not innocent and how it's affecting our kids. You know, Chad, this is a huge, huge topic because when, when we have been introduced to all this technology over the last couple decades, uh, you know, longer, but it's really ramped up. This is a huge issue. And so we have brought in the expert, man, uh, Brent Colwick. Welcome to the show. It is great to have you, brother. Great to be here. Thank so, you. Uh, so, so, brother, you—I um, mean, you are a counselor. Yes, sir. You are—you uh, work with families and kids day in, day out, week in and week out, and uh, and and primarily, you're you're really working with the younger generation. Yes. Uh, what have you seen in the last? You know, you know talking about this whole screen thing in, in the last. Uh, 10 years of your practice what have you see really ramped up screens are everywhere I mean that's it's it's a huge issue I mean you got you know these kids who are born with them and you know they're in their face as soon as they're babies and so it has become part of their world and because of that it is also all that comes with screens is part of their world which is the good the bad and the ugly and it's a matter of uh, all these things having an impact on their brains and on their behaviors and all that goes with it. So, um, so w when you w when you have this ten year old, fourteen year old, they're, they're coming into your office. Uh, parents bring their kid, drop them off, or sometimes they're probably in there together. Is that true? Is it, is yes, that, is that true. Yes. Um, and, and and you're just addressing this over and over and over and over again, especially in these last few years. Yes. Um, I, I'm just the other day you and I were talking about um, 
even as a baby, were using this technology as a babysitter. Talk, just talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's becomes easy for us as parents to allow these screens to become the babysitter. And we put these kiddos in front of things that, you know, sometimes it's a TV, which is a little bit easier to keep the kids focused on one thing. But sometimes parents are giving their kids their phone and saying, here you go. And, you know, kind of like we talked about, it's like asking a stranger from the street to watch your child because you don't know what influence you're getting ready to put in front of their face because of everything they have access to. And... And and I, I mean, many times I'm thinking that these kids are just you know playing around and 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 sometimes it's innocent stuff you know but they can even get addicted to the innocent stuff right and you know it's it is the innocent stuff that's out there and they desire to see it it entertains their brain the stimulation is amazing but also there's the not so innocent that's what I have coming into my office a lot of times parents whose kiddos you know and we've talked about a seven year old that came in and he's looking at his dad's phone innocently and something comes up and all of a sudden he sees something inappropriate, sexualized in material. And his seven year old brain is now woke up to something that it never should have. And now he struggles for the past few months. Anytime he's in front of a screen wanting more and he types in things that he knows could lead to something more. And uh, talk, talk about just your conversation with him uh, obviously anonymously, but you know, when he comes walking in, just the conversation you had with him. Sure. It's, it's helping him, you know, his parents had already had a talk with him, you know, afterwards and they, you know, of course, great parents. And, um, they just, they've had the talk with him because of this. They had to have the talk with him and be able to, to explain what, what he saw, but also, you know, he's coming in feeling shame uh, you know, embarrassed and also a little confused and scared because it's like, wait a minute, I know that this isn't right, but at the same time, I want it. I want it. And that is a hard thing for a seven-year-old to grasp, hard thing for us adults to grasp, but a seven-year-old especially, it's it's very difficult, very scary. So, so in, the, in, the, in, in that conversation, you're helping him work through guilt, shame, because the enemy of our souls, you know, it's, 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 it, it's interesting how many times the Bible talks about, you know, the enemy, you know, the powers of darkness. Sure. And how, you know, we, we, we struggle as humans with three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And, uh, but it's incredible how the enemy will whisper in a seven-year-old's heart and mind of something that they innocently saw wasn't good, and then the condemnation, the shame. Talk about that just a little bit. Right. They, they take it in as something's wrong with me. If this is something that I'm not supposed to be doing and I'm desiring you to do this, something is wrong with me. And so they, they will take that on and, and they don't like it. They feel, uh, you know, the self-esteem takes a hit. They find themselves just feeling down and sometimes they get angry because they don't know what to do. And you see behavior problems come out. And if mom and dad, you know, luckily these parents were aware of what took place, but if you have these kids who have seen this and mom and dad don't know about it and they continue to see these things, you notice a ramp up in behavioral problems. Yeah. Uh, the other day you were talking about just, uh, it's, it's been labeled now addiction to technology. I mean, it's like, video game addiction. Yes. Just came out recently. I, I mean, it's like a true addiction. It is. And, and, and how early are you seeing that in kids? Uh, I had a new kiddo come in the other day, six years old and playing hours a day. And now he doesn't desire to do anything else 
but play these games. And these are he's playing, you know, teenage games as a six-year-old. So it's it's starting very early. So so um, Brent, when you talk to moms and dads and how to balance this, do you, do you give them an age of when they could be begin to introduce? And are you help? How are you helping them gauge how much these kids can handle screen time? Sure, and that's a tough one because every I mean every kid's different. You know, they all all yeah. the brains respond differently, and so. Um, you know, what one kid may be able to handle and walk away from without any problem, certain kids will suck into and just go right with. So it's a matter of, uh, you know, trying to help them regulate, you know, even in my own home, I have to regulate how much my kids see, how much they take part in screen time. And it's, uh, you know, it's trying to gauge that with other activities. The differences of your kids, Do, do do you do anything different with one from another? Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. <laughs> it, it causes a lot of problems when you do that because one's like, that's not fair. But yeah. yes, there are some where I have to say, you know what? You it's, don't need any today. You know, you're, you're struggling and you can tell. I mean, after seeing screens, kids' behaviors change. It's, it's amazing. It is. And so it's stimulating them so much that they are going to respond from that. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff coming in. You mentioned the other day. Uh, this uh, this this game uh, that's on Fortnite. Fortnite, yes, that is it basically keeps you in business. Keeps me in business. It is one of the hot topics that comes in my office. I, I will ask a child, "How much video games are you playing?" And moms and dads immediately their faces light up and they're like, "Tell the truth," you know. And and it's always Fortnite. And I'm saying, you know, how how much problems are coming from this? And the parents talk about how the anger. And the rage that comes from having to get off the game or not being able to play the game, it's a huge factor in families right now. So when a mom and dad come into you and say, hey, you know, he's he's doing this, this gaming thing, five hours, you know, in a row, just and we can't pull him off. What do you tell them? I, I tell them in a nice way to step up as mom and dad and start helping regulate this. This is not healthy. It's not healthy for an adult, let alone a child whose brain's still developing. So it's it's helping them learn to get a plan to get in place. Get a, get a plan in place and like, hey, we, we have got to get this under control for yes. the for the benefit of, of their future. Sure, sure. And it's not comfortable. It's yeah, but you know, necessary. Um Robert Lewis says, uh, we as men, as dads, we have to reject passivity. we got to accept responsibility. we got to lead courageously. And sometimes we really got to step up our game when it comes to this whole screen thing. So we'll take a break, come back in next segment, and we're going to talk a little bit more detail. In fact, this is not just theory with Brent. He has a personal story about one of his own sons that uh, involves this process and how it opened his eyes and how we talk about uh, the, the porn, how it affects the brains of adults and even kids. And it affects them differently, but both negatively. So we're going to talk about that more in the next segment here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Satter here with therapist Brent Colwick. And we are talking about screens, both little, big, and, and any type of screen and how it is affecting the brains, minds, and hearts of not only big people but especially little people because uh, or younger folks because Brent is a therapist who specializes in children 
And uh, so we are uh, talking about that today, but we also want to thank our sponsors, LNN Credit Union. They have been on board with us almost from the beginning, and they've been in this city for decades, and they can help you with all your financial needs, whether it's personal business checking, you name it. If you need to park your money somewhere, LNN Credit Union can take care of you. They take care of us, and we thank them for that. And then Vision First Eye Care, Rod Rollo and his crew, they have Vision First uh, locations all over the city. I am blind as a bat without my contacts in, and I'm thankful that Vision First helps set me in the right direction so I can see and they can help you as well. So we want to thank them both for sponsoring our show. Okay, so uh, last segment, we, we just introduced uh, Brent. You had an issue with one of your kiddos. Yes. And uh, so just describe to our audience what happened and what you did about it. Sure. Well, as, you know, as a, as a counselor, I hear the worst of things and the worst you, of situations. You, you hear so it all. My poor kids have the misfortune of having a dad who's a counselor. So my house is very strict when it comes to any kind of screens or electronics. And so, uh, however, we have friends and our kids go to friends' houses. And um, my son at the time, he was eight, was at a friend's house and the parents had collected the screens uh, for the night. And unfortunately, one screen did not get collected that they did not know about. And so... These kiddos, innocently looking up jokes on YouTube and other places, came across a lot of pornography. And for the next three to four hours, they viewed some of the most vile and awful things you could see. And so that was uh, that Eight was our, years old, and that was our introduction to pornography into our home. Wow. So, what do you do as a dad? As and, a dad, and, and, and your wife. Sure. And you know, it took me. I noticed he was tired the next day, so I didn't know he, what he had done yet, but I kept noticing there's something going on. He seems off, and so there were some things I was watching for, and finally I just asked him, what did you see? Did you see something inappropriate? And he broke down and... Now, did, now, did you have to probe a little bit, uh, pretty aggressively, or not? It was, you know, it didn't take much. It was almost as if he was... He wanted to He confess. knew something was in there, and it, you could tell it was bothering him. So once I asked him, he spilled the beans and uh, went into it, and so... You know, as dad, you know, one, I was frustrated just because I'm like, dude, really? Come on. But then it was like, wait a minute. Okay. This it's again, it's not a matter of if this is going to happen. It's a matter of when. So just working with him on being like, okay, dude, here's what you saw. And here's what reality is. That's a, that's not reality. It's what God has, you know, created. These people have, and Satan have made this bad and taken this away that is not good. So being able to help him understand, I had to have the talk with him right then. Because we had not yet had that conversation, and so it was. You, kind you of, had not had the sex talk not up with to him, that point. No, no. So you now you have Here to have go. the sex yes. talk. Yes, and so had to explain to him and kind of try to undo a little bit of what was done to help him to see that okay, there's there's something better about this, but this is not it. This is this what you saw is not God's design, right? There is a beautiful piece of how God designed this, and this sure as the world wasn't it. And um, did you talk to him about you're going to probably want to see this again? Yes. I mean, that was part of it was just saying, as a guy, this is going to entice you. You're going to see this more. You're going you're gonna to recognize that these things, these images, a whole lot more now. And because it's unlocked something in your brain. And this is where we battle. This is what you need to understand. As dad, this is a battle for me, too. We have to know, you know, they have to know that we struggle with this, too. And But it's we're able to win. Yeah, the Bible says, uh, I mean, over and over again, the Bible says things like be on your guard, mm -hmm. be alert, stay, you know, proactive, you know. I, I'm reminded of what uh, Job uh, 31 
says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. And here your eight-year-old boy has never seen this before. And now, oh oh my goodness, just this explosion of images and uh, stuff that is not of God. And how the enemy distorts that and how the how the enemy wants us to continue to move in that direction. Yes. And with with that, you know, it's it's my, my wife brought this example up. It, it's, you know, if there's a door in front of me, I'm going to approach that door differently depending on what's behind that door. And if I know there's a lion ready to pounce, I'm going to approach that door a whole lot differently than if I have no idea what's behind that door. And so that's part of this is teaching our kids, hey, there is something behind these doors that we need to know about. There's there's danger. Yes. And there are things that can do damage that might not seem like damage at first, but it could lead you down a, a tough, tough road. Yes. Uh, Chad, you uh, mentioned before the show, uh, uh, you had a conversation with one of your boys. Yeah. After hearing Brent talk about this earlier in the week, uh, it kind of triggered me to just have the conversation with one of my, my oldest, who was 12, and he's had... He's had some. We've had some sex talks with him, uh, and and in certain little, not just one, but series of them. And it was the other night. I said, "Hey, you're going to probably see. You're going to see things on a screen that either you do it on purpose or you do it on accident. And you're going to see things you're not supposed to see. It's called pornography. And we've had this talk in some capacity. I just told him, when you do, I'm not going to get mad at you when you come tell me. I just know I am not going to get mad at you because I struggle with wanting to look at things too." But just make me a promise that when you do see it, you'll come to me or mom and you'll just say something about it. Because if you don't say something, Satan will tell you, make you feel guilty and shameful. And it can be a stronghold. I go, do you know what a stronghold is? He goes, yeah, you talk about it all the time. <laughs> and, and, and so, listen, I don't know if he has or has not. And I don't know, if, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I know that at least giving him that, having that conversation was at least... Brent was kind of that encouraged me to hear him to say, how do you take care of this is first off, maybe talk about it before it happens, but then after it happens, how you handle it. Boy, that's just knowing that he's can talk about it without it being a, a part of us getting mad. And, and again, we haven't bound down that road yet, but I'm sure it's happening. It's going to happen. Well, uh, Brent, I, I'm reminded of what you said uh, to me earlier in the week. When, when a kid comes into your office there's a question that you used to ask that you don't ask anymore. Yes. When I, what, what's the question that you don't ask anymore? Well, I don't ask, are you looking at pornography? Because the answer is always no. So I've decided to change it up a little bit because reality is, here's what's happening. So I will say, how much pornography are you looking at? And all of a sudden, I'm getting a whole lot more honesty. I'm getting a whole lot of answers that, man, these guys are, they're, they're saying it. They're talking about it because, and these are kids you know, middle school and higher is when I ask these kids these questions because I know they got their phones. I know they've got their screens. And so I ask them, how much are you looking at? And, and, um, do you feel like they're honest with you? I do. I feel like most uh, of them are. are when, when, they, when you ask that question, are the, the parents in the, in the room with them? I do not ask that when the parents are in the room because I don't feel like they're going to be honest if mom and dad are sitting right there next to me. Wow. So, so when, when they answer, okay, so many times a, a week or so many times a month or whatever, what, where do you go next with them? I, I begin to educate a little bit. 
just kind of explain it to them. Hey, you know, we're not going to get into this too much right now because it is the first session when I ask them that. But I'll say, you know, here's some things you need to know. This is this is real and it's difficult and it could become an addiction. And, you know, kids don't see it as a problem as much anymore. Kids know it's not good, but yet teenagers now, you know, all these questions they're answering, they're saying it's not, they don't see it as a huge issue. And so they're looking at it thinking, well, everybody else does it, but it's not the same as it used to be. What specifically do you tell them of what it's doing to their brain, what it's doing to their, uh, to them spiritually? Talk about that a little sure, bit. Sure. It's, you know, their brains are developing and they're developing their sense of what they know sexuality to be, whether it's how they identify sexually or how they, you know, what they see as their, like, hey, when I get married, this is what it's going to be like. And so they're having this idea that this is what it's going to be and that's not reality. And so they're setting themselves up for a future of a lot of disappointment and a lot of medical issues, so to speak, later on, especially for those guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, just dopamine and yes. what what happens in our bodies. To talk to our listeners just a little bit about that. Sure, it's you know, it's it's giving them that sense of pleasure. It raises the dopamine level, which gets them very excited and aroused, and and the body wants that and desires it. And since 2006, since high-speed internet, they have more access to it, multiple screens on the screen at a time than they ever have. And it's uh, it's consumption for hours. And it's a lot different than drugs because drugs, you have to stop at some point. Alcohol, you have to stop at some point. With pornography, they just keep on feeding and it's becoming a you know addiction quickly. How, how do you, um, how, how do you, you're, you're talking to a 15-year-old kid. Um, how, how do you help him bring guardrails and boundaries to this whole thing? At some point, you, you have to involve mom and dad and, and explain it. And, and I won't necessarily give their confidentiality away, but explaining that, hey, you know what? Here's, here's what you have in your home. And here's some, you know, here's what kind of needs to happen. We need to have a decrease in screens, you know, in the bedroom, no screens in the room. Don't put screens in your kid's room. You know, they can't, no, they can't no, handle that. No phones. Right. No iPods. No. At pads, nighttime, no. put them away. Yeah. And, and have them out of there because that's too much of a temptation. It's tempting enough as, as an adult. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that, uh, you know, how we need to model the way um, in our next segment. So we'll take a break and come back and talk more with Brent about that. We're also going to hit in the next segment about gaming, which gaming is innocent enough. It's not pornography, but can it be... Uh, just as much of a problem and our guest just said in the first segment if you didn't hear it that Fortnite keeps him in business so we're going to talk more about gaming in the next segment as well so uh, we'd love to hear you help you come back and, uh, and join us on the next segment here on Solid Steps Radio Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell and Kurt Souter, and we are here with Brent Colwick, and we're talking today about uh, just all kinds of stuff in regards to screen use for children and how it can be damaging, and uh, it can be really uh, an addictive an issue in, in their ch- children's lives. And if your septic tank is not working, you have an issue in your life, and uh, you can have some You've problems. got real issues. And don't call Brent. He has no idea what to do, <laughs> no. but you need to call Frank Brothers, uh, those guys over at Frank Brothers will take care of uh, of all your needs in regards to septic issues, water drainage issues. They sponsor our show, and they do a great job, and we appreciate them for doing that. And also, we want to thank Bright Star Home Care. Bright Star Home Care 
takes care of folks, whether you have a loved one who needs 24-hour care or just one day a week care. They help walk you through the process of helping your loved ones who need, uh, in a certain age demographic, who need more help. Uh, so uh, we want to thank both of those folks for sponsoring our show. And when I told my wife, Jenna, this week when we were laying in bed talking about Brent coming on, because our wives and they know each other, and and she goes, I don't understand about, she goes, when I was a kid... I we played all kinds of Atari. We played for hours. I said, "Honey, Cubert and Donkey Kong and Pac-Man is a different type of game than when what's on their screen now." I mean, it's just such a different game and and, and that's another thing that you said in the first segment uh that Fortnite keeps you in business. I I, I Brent, that blows my mind in one sense. Um but yeah, describe Describe this whole technology piece and how addictive it can become, and and what we need to do as dads. Sure, it, you know, with the with the video games now, they are made to get your kids drawn in. I mean, not just the. I mean, you have the visuals which are amazing. You've got the sounds which are amazing, and also with the game sounds, you have. You know, they got these headphones on, so they're also hearing their buddies talk at the same time, and. They're also using their own mouth to talk, and on top of that, their fingers are moving a thousand miles an hour on their game controller. And so it's just all of the stimulation at one time. And if you ask your kids, hey, are you paying attention to what your hands are doing? No. Their brains are so just used to it, they're just going, not even thinking about what their hands are doing. And, and you know, I, I, I've, I've heard we've got really issues of, of young adults who are... And they, but they, it started as a teenager. Sure, and and it, it's it's one of those things where there is again, it's the dopamine surge. They're getting all of this stimulation, and it becomes the desired activity. The brain just makes this pathway of I want this and I want this all the time. To a kid, nothing compares to video games. You have all these other activities: basketball, trampolines, running around, playing outside. Nothing. It does not give them the stimulation that these games are giving them. So when we put them in front of a screen and they're playing for hours, they are developing this sense of this is what I desire and this is what I need, and the other things begin to lose interest. Yeah, and so um, when we were talking the other day, you mentioned how we as as dads, as parents, we need to really be proactive in helping them get outside of this. Sure, yes, putting putting boundaries on it, you know, being able to say, again, my own kids play Fortnite. I'm okay with Fortnite, but also, you know, just cause food is good doesn't mean that I should just continue to eat all day long. At some point it becomes unhealthy. So a little same, chocolate cake is okay. A <laughs> eating, bit more the, is better eating the whole cake. <laughs> yes. Is a it's not good. <laughs> not so much, but that's what they're doing. They're ingesting this for hours. And so, yeah, it, it, you know, we need to, as parents to step up and set these boundaries. It is uncomfortable. It is not fun. Your kids are going to get mad about it. However, what they start to learn is there are other things out there that are fun. And all of a sudden, you're going to notice a decrease in the arguments. You're going to notice a decrease in their pushback because they start opening up their brains to these other things that they knew once were fun. And now they're going to start becoming fun again. But it's going to take putting those parameters. You, you mentioned the other day... Uh, to, to Chad me about um, creating lists of activities that are that are enjoyable that you can do um, talk about that a little bit yeah it's a, I call it an options list and basically you you know make a list of 25 to 50 things 
that you can do at any time. And then we're talking, you know, get a drink, get a snack, draw a picture, uh, ride a bike, do some exercise, do a chore, you know, do a puzzle, whatever, all these things that are just anything they can do. And, you know, let your kids be a part of it. They'll give you a list of things. But then when you are getting ready to, when they're getting ready to play their video games, you say, Hey, here's your time. You're going to play for this long after you're done. What are you going to do? And so they get to look at this list and they get to choose something that it's going to register as fun in their head so that after the games are over, when it's time to get off, now they know, oh, yeah, now I get to go do this. And it's going to register as fun in their heads. You know, uh, for, for years, you just, just being a dad, when things begin to go, um, you know, when, when there begins to be some chaos in the home and, and there's, there's too much of this technology or whatever, it all, it, most of the time it comes back to the mom and dad and that we have to rein in the chaos we have to we we have to be the adults here and step up but it ta- it does takes incredible courage sure and uh, you know one other thing that goes with this is the fact that these kids love playing these games because it's an escape from reality and reality is not easy you know especially as middle schoolers and high schoolers the world is tough and they're you know they're developing their self esteem and if i don't feel good about myself and i don't feel good about my life all of a sudden i go into this game world and I am confident as can be. I know exactly what to do. I know how to do it. I tell other people how to do it. But if it all gets difficult and it doesn't turn out so well, I just hit reset and everything goes Starts back all to normal. Over. But real life is not like that. And our kids are not learning how to deal with reality. And so anxiety has gone through the roof now because our kids are not understanding how to push through and how to deal with things. When you have a kid who comes in and you sense anxiety and all of that, uh, and you you start to dialogue with him. What's the typical response? As far as just what's why are we having the anxiety? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why a lot the of times anxiety? They can't identify it. They can't figure it out. They just know I don't like to be around people. I'm nervous. I don't know how to start conversations. I worry about what people are thinking of me, and it's because they've been so stuck inside that they're missing out on more social activities and not learning how to do that. And so it's tough because you have to teach them, okay, we're going to have to rewire things here. We're going to have to teach you how to be more confident, how to go in, how to start a conversation, how to be more involved relationally as opposed to sitting in front of a 2D screen and making that the preferred activity. How, how do you uh, uh, assess whether a kid is addicted to technology and how do you help him understand that addiction? Well, that first session I do ask them how much do they play. And most of the time, if they tell me they play, well, I mean, an hour a day, it usually means about three hours a day because they really can't grasp how much time I think. And I don't think the parents really grasp how much time their kids are actually playing. So it's, you know, if, if I'm seeing a lot of the same symptoms, if I'm seeing a lot of the anxiety and worry and concern as far as interacting with other people, then, you know, again, whether it's video game addiction or not, I'm going to treat it the same way and help them learn to work through anxiety and pushing through uncomfortable. But it's also helping them to learn that if, you know, this could have a major impact on it. So let's go ahead and decrease these games while we're working on this. So um, when mom and dad want to bring them back to you again, because now you are the guy, along with mom and dad, who are addressing this issue that I am spending too much time in front of technology, in front of, in front of the screen. How, how, when they continue to come back, how, is there, what's the response? A lot of times, I mean, you know, I, one time a, a, a kid, his parents took his phone for two weeks. And 
the kid came back. This is a teenage kiddo now who wants his phone. I mean, he's like a 16-year-old kid, and it, you know, when you lose your phone as a 16-year-old, it's everything. But he said, oh, my goodness, I have been less stressed. I've been less, de- less sad, less down. I have enjoyed life so much more. I totally forgot that I love the guitar, and I want to play the guitar more. So they're, you know, wow. as parents, you know, when you, and I know every parent out there, when your kids are not playing, you recognize that they're getting along better. You recognize that they're enjoying other things. You go on vacation, you don't have your Xbox there. You realize, oh, look, they love to play outside for hours. But we have to be able to, you know, give them that opportunity to do that. I mean, you're describing in in some way, as dads, we can just get lazy in addressing these issues and really being proactive of, of, of being the leader of the home and, and leaning into this, hey, we, we've got to bring this under control. So, it, so it's, there's a really, really healthy balance. And it's, it's tough because it could become a full-time job. I mean, honestly, if I, all I wanted to do was keep my kids from screens and keep them, make sure they're doing what's right on their phones and everything, it would, it would be a full-time job. I don't think it's possible to keep everything out. And so it's understanding that, okay, you know what, because... I'm limited in my abilities, I'm going to make sure that I'm educating the kids. And that's what it comes back to. I can try to take everything away, but if I don't educate, educate them, then they don't know what they're facing. But if I explain to them, here's what you're facing, then they're much more likely to make some of those better choices on screen time or what they're looking at or how long they're playing. Chad, when, when, in this whole conversation about uh, you know, screen time, how, how are you and Jenna handling this? Well, nobody has a phone in our house other than mom and I. Right. So, so far. So Otis is 12 and, and, um, so they use our phones. Hey, can we use the phone? Sure. And then what are you looking at? And you can only do here and you can only watch this. I mean, we, we monitor it. We just can't give them, you can't pull the grenade, pin in the grenade and give it to them and say, go with it. But we also know like Brent, I'm not going to tell my kids, you can never look at a screen. It's just not realistic. It's not fair. I'm the one who struggles sometimes with looking at too much screen. So I can't expect them to never look at it. So we give them, but our kids are younger, 12 and younger. So, but Hey, I've got our two and four year old who want to watch videos because they YouTube videos of songs that drive me bonkers, but they still want to listen and watch those things. And so it's like, at what age do you say it's too young or not? I don't know. So, uh, but it's something we all struggle with. So we're going to, we're going to take a break and come back in our fourth and final segment. And these first three segments, we've heard a little bit of, we've heard a lot about some of the negative parts of this, but there is hope. And so the next fourth segment, we're going to talk entirely about, well, what do we do if they've looked at pornography or they're addicted to uh, drugs or uh, watching a screen so much? What do we do to, to live with that and kind of help uh, prevent that and what to do after that. So we're going to take the, the next segment and talk all about that on the fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Break. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment. If you want to hear any of our past segments, go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or iTunes, and you can go uh, click on those and or just type in Solid Steps Radio in those search windows, and you can hear these shows in podcast form, commercial-free, thanks to great sponsors like Southern Smoke Catering. Oh, baby. SouthernSmokeCatering.com. They, uh, Chris Hadley and his crew are... They're a catering only uh, They're awesome. company, and they they just some of the best beef you'll ever put in your mouth. It's wonderful. So, and they also have a deal for uh, 
solid step listeners. So look up southernsmokecatering.com and look look them up. Hey, the other thing too about Southern Smoke, they're going to be at our radio event on October. October the 1st. Yeah, and so go to furtherstoneministries.org for more information on that here in the future. And also we want to thank Dan Hart Financial. If you want to talk about your retirement and what it looks like in a biblical, wise way, Dan Hart Financial can take care of that. They sponsor our show. Southeast Christian Outlook, that is a newspaper that comes out each week, talks about what God is doing in his kingdom, both here in in this city and all around the world. And uh, again, Ellen and Credit Union for for doing sponsoring of our show. So Brent, uh, give us, a, we, we need some hope. Yes. As us dads, you know, okay, yeah, there's addictions out there. We got too much screen time. We got, uh, but give us some, uh, some bullet points that we can, put in our back pocket and we can take with us as dads as a, as parents and we can you know disciple our, our kids we can pour into our kids N- none of us dads want want our kids to go astray we you know we have a job god says fathers don't exasper- ex- uh, exasperate your kids but in- instead bring them up in the training and nurture of the lord and uh, so, so give us some hope and give us some bullet points of what we can do with our kiddos. Well, since we know it's there, the battle is there, we, we've got to talk to them about it. And, and that's, that's part of this. If we don't talk about it, someone else is going to talk to them about it. And it's usually one of their friends who doesn't see a problem with it. And so immediately it's just telling them, hey, here's, here's what it is, guys. Here's the reality. Here's our, here's our battle that we're facing. But it's, it's normalizing a lot of the temptations whether it's temptation to look at something inappropriate or whether it's temptation just to stare at a screen all day, normalize it. As parents, we struggle with a lot of the same things as guys. So it's saying, hey, here's, you're not, you're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not that you're messed up and your brain's different. It's just normal. So, but also explain to them that, hey, here's, you know, as dad, here's how I battle. Teach them. Teach them the things that you do. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, give them, give them a plan. Come up with a plan. If your child has already seen something, Come up with a plan on how to help them. You know, we talked about you know relapse prevention plan. You know, it, it's being able to okay, how do we stay away from this now? Now that we've seen it, okay, you're going to desire to see it again, but here's how we're going to do it. People, different people you hang out with, stay away from certain people, certain places, certain things. You know, being able to kind of put you know proactive things into place to help them be able to get away. But if they do get caught up, also saying, hey, here's my exit plan. There's always an exit plan. So it's being able to to teach them that and to help them to continue to keep that in their mind. Um, let, me, let me just comment on that. You know, I, I think when you were just describing that, you know, he who walks with the wise grows wise. I mean, we we really do need to monitor where our kids are spending, who they're spending time with, and are they solid kids who will encourage them to do, you know, and look at the right things. Right. But what else you got, Brent? Uh, books. There's a few books out there. Uh, mm. One for younger kids, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Uh, it's one that parents can go through with their kids, helps them prepare for potential dangers in the future with, with screens and pop-ups and things that they were not intending to see. So having them educated with that. Uh, Covenant Eyes also has um, different books on their website. You can go through their eBooks. They're free. You do not have to pay for them. You can put them right on your own screen (laughs) and it just gives them an opportunity to, you know, parents an opportunity to have, you know, some resources on how to talk to your kids, depending on what age they are about sex and about screens and about how to better fight that. So covenanteyes.com. And we, and actually, if you go to our Facebook page, I've got that posted on there for the promo for this week's show. There's a link and they got about half a dozen really good looking, 
free ebooks and it talks about porn and porn stats your brain on porn and, and some really cool stuff yeah that's good with with schedules I, you know we talked a little bit about you know the options lists and things but you know for for parents help your kids schedule their day help your kids learn to use their time wisely it's okay to incorporate some screen time in there but also teach them how to start using their time wisely because if i have too much free time that's when boredom kicks in and that's when most of us make our mistakes yeah and so it's as as a parent modeling that modeling that i don't have to have my phone or my screen in front of my face all day and make yourself part of that plan throughout the day as well kids want to spend time with their parents you don't think that as a parent of a teenager but they do. They want to spend time. I get it in my office all the time. Kids saying, I just want more time with my mom and dad. Let them know. Your parents will be, you know, your kids will be thrilled to spend time with you. I mean, what I, I remember, I mean, some of the greatest times I've had with Drew, and he's now 24, but going out and just shooting hoops, going out and playing catch, going out and just, you know, riding bikes. That's going for a jog, jogging with your kids, you know, that's just good stuff. Sure. And teach them that relationships are more important than screens when they get to hear that and experience it then they start to realize oh man mom and dad what they're doing is the right direction if i'm modeling that for my kids they're going to desire relationships they're going to have good interpersonal skills and want more of those because those are what last yeah that is modeling the way what else you got brent uh you know i would just say one of the last things is just don't be afraid don't be afraid as dads we get timid we get shy sometimes on bringing this subject up because no kid wants to really hear about this. It's very awkward, uh, you know, it, whether you're talking about pornography or whether you're also talking about limiting their screen time. It gets, you know, kids are going to push back and, you know, but we have to push forward. We have to give our kids that edge and that opportunity to fight what's coming at them. And if we don't, then they're more likely to get caught up in these things that then we have to do, you know, recovery mode. Yeah. And being proactive is a whole lot easier than recovery mode. Absolutely, we're gonna we're we're always gonna have recovery mode because we're prone to wander. The old hymn: We're prone to wander. We're prone to leave the God that we love. But um, we can be proactive. I, I loved what we were talking about in the break, um, uh, praying with your kids. And Brent, you were talking about you know praying at bedtime with your kids. That's something that Kristen and I did all growing up. I know Nancy and. Uh, uh, you know, Rory, they did that with her kids. And, uh, but talk about that a little bit. Sure. After my son had seen what he saw at eight years old, uh, you know, we pray every night together, all my kids, we pray, you know, one at a time I'll go with each of them. And it doesn't, it's not this long drawn out, you know, church prayer. This is just a, you know, a simple one minute, you know, and, and, you know, easy prayer. But it was, you know, during that time it was God protect his eyes, help him to be able to, to stay away from these things, help him to fight, when these images come back to his mind, help him to remember and just praying that, that God would just give him that ability to, to think differently, to see differently and to be able to push those things out. Yeah. I think when we, in, when we ask the Lord almighty, the creator of heaven and earth to enter and in, into our family relationships and to pray together and, yeah, it doesn't have to be some long, you know, church prayer, but something just very simple. God, be our help, be our, be our source of uh, of, of encouragement here. Uh, Chad, you have any thoughts on on praying with your kids? Well, I mean, I think them hearing that out loud—that's sometimes praying with your kids is an easy way to say something to your kids that you wouldn't say to them normally. When you when you're talking to God, and you, you say, "Oh, by the way, Lord, blah blah blah," and you say this, and they're like, "Yeah, you get to say that to them." And and uh, but I think it's also that humbling of saying, "Hey, son, you and I 
are going through these same struggles. There's not a man listening now who doesn't have lust struggles in some capacity. It may not be porn on a screen, but looking at somebody down the street, double taking in the rearview mirror, looking at this magazine rack, whatever it is, we all have those struggles. And to let our sons know, hey, son, your dad struggles with it and you're going to struggle with it. And that's it's okay. But it's not okay, you know. So yeah, and I, I mean, I, I, again, it just points us to our, our need for Jesus Christ, our mm-hmm. need for a Savior. He is the Great Shepherd, and we need Him. And there's nothing like having Him guide us and lead us. Brent, it has been great to have you in the show. Thanks Thank so you. much for coming. Great to be here. Um, would you pray for us? Pray Absolutely. for us, dads, that we would have the courage and the strength to lead courageously. Sure. Yeah. God, thank you uh, for the awesome chance and responsibility of being a dad and uh, god i pray that uh, you would just help us to live out the words of nehemiah where he says do not be afraid of the enemy remember the lord who is great and glorious and to fight for our brothers to fight for our sons and to fight for our daughters and for our wives and for our homes god give us that ability help us just to uh to be able to fight uh when we can't do it god help us just to rely on you to give us that ability to fight uh, so that we can help our sons and daughters to become uh, the children that you've created them to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brent. So as we end up here, I know it can be kind of, it's very daunting when you think about, uh, I struggle myself wanting to be on social media or watching a video or reading an article about that athlete who's getting traded and all those things in this world, there's a lot of opportunities for it. So one thing I do, we just got to keep in mind, we here at Solid Steps Radio believe that you are fulfilling your destiny as a man if you are walking with God through Jesus Christ. And your boys or girls, even if for that matter, and that's a growing problem as well, girls looking at this stuff, uh, we have to, we know that there's a redeemer who redeems things. He brings dead things back to life. And if he can bring you back to life from, from spiritually being dead to spiritually alive, he can take care of anything your brain has seen or your children have seen. And we've we've seen, uh, we've had guests come on who said that your brain gets rewired when you look at too much pornography. Literally, it makes wavelengths in your brain that is, is made. But but God made that brain, brain and he can undo those things that the devil has done. So we uh, Jesus came to, uh, to undo the devil's work, it says in the Bible. So he can do, take care of this as well. So we pray that you're walking with him. And f- pass this along to somebody else who may need to hear it, because I guarantee you there's someone in your life, a dad, a father, a son, who needs to be encouraged by this. So please pass that along to them. Again, go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or iTunes, and type in Solid Steps Radio, or you can go to furtherstillministries.org. Hey, thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.